and welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for being with us here today. And joining us now here on the program, we have the senior analyst of Animal Protein at Robble Bank. Christine McCracken is with us. We're talking about a brand new report called Necessity is the Mother of Invention, Escalating Costs Accelerate Animal Protein Innovation. Pleased to have Christine with us here today. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, great to be back. Definitely. We appreciate the time and thank you uh, for being with us once again. So very interesting report here uh, looking at the protein sector. There's a lot of different highlights and bullet points I want to get to. But I think just to start, Christine, can you give us a little just overall background on this report and, and some of the big things that you really found maybe an overarching theme throughout this report? Sure. And Jesse, I I think the report doesn't really break any new ground in terms of of highlighting any one thing that's changed. I think it just takes a few steps back and looks, you know, it takes a look at the overall environment that we're facing in the next, uh, you know, several years. And and that's more challenging. You know, we all talk about the cost pressure that the producers are under. That's that's nothing new. We saw it you know, for several years now. And, and I, I think the report was really designed to, to highlight the fact that it's one, not going away, and two, likely to get worse. So we as an industry maybe need to think about how we're approaching, you know, not just how we produce the animals, but how we market that product. And, you know, this, this again, isn't new. I, I think the industry continues to focus on, on ways that it can innovate and change what it's doing. But, but the needs of the consumer maybe are changing. And, and it's, I think, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And, and we really need to think about, you know, if that's going to require any incremental uh, investment uh, on the part of the industry. And then, two, you know, what, what could we do different? And I, I think it stopped short of, of providing all the answers. But I think maybe it's just a, another kind of effort, I guess, on my part to, to start the conversation. Because, you know, with these kind of cost pressures that we're seeing now, it, the, I think the natural inclination would be to maybe cut back. And, and I'd say, you know, we should be pushing forward. Well, and thinking of pushing forward and some of these escalating costs, one area that I, I know we are seeing an escalation in costs and is unfortunate, but it's part of the game. The high cost of disease is really kind of elevating a lot of investment in biosecurity and health practices on our operations. I think about whether we're talking poultry with high path avian influenza, hogs, if we're talking African swine fever, PERS, et cetera, there's so many different disease challenges in front of us that we're having to invest in a lot of that biosecurity technology, Christine. We are. And I think that if you combine that with the regulatory environment that we're facing, Um, You know, when you think about the added statewide efforts to to bring on additional costs, these are all cumulative. Right. So how do we recoup those investments, not just in a, you know, in a commodity market? It's going to be tough if we're just trying to get by. I think that that the focus should really be on how do we increase value? Unfortunately, this is a tough environment to do that. But those investments take years. So so it's really, you know. One, uh, you know, how do we continue to operate efficiently and remain competitive globally? I think if you look at Europe as the model, it's it's a little challenging, right? They've faced uh, not just uh, the biosecu- the same biosecurity issues that we are, but 
but significantly higher regulatory costs that are that are making them uncompetitive. Now that creates an opportunity for the U.S. in the short run, but as I look at it long term, we still need to be focusing on on the value of the meat that we sell and and how do we you know, market it different, prepare it different, uh, create new solutions for consumers. And that's that's where I want the focus to kind of eventually over time um, continue to evolve. Well, Christine, another area that is all part of this puzzle, and I don't think it's any secret to our, our farmers and ranchers and folks listening in, is the cost of feed. You know, we think about the uh, cost and, and the new boom, the surge in oilseed crushing here in the U.S., and looking at how that could disrupt our feed markets. You know, I know on Friday we're getting big updates in the grain market from USDA, just looking at, you know, the price of how much it's going to cost to feed our animals. So I think that's a, a whole nother piece of this puzzle here. Yeah. And I think that you mentioned, you know, the, the impact of this uh, incremental crushing capacity and what that could mean for meal prices. And obviously that, that could end up being a net benefit for our, our feeders, right? If you think through, um, you know, more beans going into the crushing complex and then then obviously, presumably uh, lower prices. But that's that's obviously going to have the offset of, of maybe some higher corn prices over time. So it, there's a shift net net. You're probably looking at at not a lot of downside anytime soon in, in the overall feed cost for, for our producers. And that that raises a lot of questions when you think about not just, you know, where where we should set that lower boundary in the mm -hmm. short run, but kind of longer term, how do we adjust to that? So we've seen it before. Um, the industry always does manage to to adjust um, diets and and obviously, uh, you know, how it manages that that feed risk. But in the short run, it means a lot of volatility. And I think that's volatility can be good if you're <laughs> You know, you're you're fairly uh, aggressive, but I think in most cases um, that tends to be a riskier environment. Again, another reason that I I like to think about the industry having a little more cushion longer term when you think about how they absorb all these incremental costs. Well, Christine, a lot of great thoughts in this report and a lot of great insights you're sharing with us. Just to kind of wrap it all up, sum it all up once again, reiterate for listeners. Uh, any final thoughts you you have for us here before we run out of time today? Yeah, I mean, I think again, I'd want to stress that in this environment where we're we're just trying to keep the doors open, right? I know a lot of producers are under cost pressure for sure. Don't don't skimp on biosecurity. It's you know it's not somewhere you want to cut back, and I know that that everyone is aware of that. I, I think though, when you think about planning planning for the future um, and, and how you might shift your operations over time. That's one area that may not cost you today, um, but sets you up well for the future. So I think in this environment and the environment that we expect going forward, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really tough place to be for a lot of our, our livestock industry and, and, and our poultry um, operators. So I think we need to think about ways that we can maybe offset some of that cost with incremental value in the chain. Well, I know folks can find the link to Christine's latest report on our website, markettalkag.com, or you can also go to research.robblebank.com to find the latest report. With that, Christine McCracken, Senior Analyst, Animal Protein at Robblebank. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll uh, talk okay. to you again real soon. Great. Thanks, Jesse. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.